Today's interview is brought to you by Sheridan County Airport. Save time, fly local, fly Sheridan. Sheridan County Airport and United have reliable air service operated by SkyWest Airlines. They have a newly remodeled terminal and construction for additional parking underway. Sheridan is becoming one of the busiest airports in the region. Book your direct flight to Denver today via united.com. Fly Sheridan. DYT Solutions is a locally owned and operated digital marketing agency responsible for helping brands like GoBYO establish a digital footprint and other marketing services across the Rocky Mountain region. Learn more about their team and services at dytsolutionswy.com to learn more how they can help with your digital business and marketing services. This episode is brought to you by Fine Sight and Sound, the premier audio-visual integration company serving the greater Wyoming area right out of Sheridan, Wyoming. If you own a business or a new home and want the best sensory experience, go to the experts at Fine Sight and Sound. Go to their website at fssavpro.com or call owner Aaron Perez at 307-751-6585 for more information and a free consultation. Um, got the window open, so if anyone drives by in their Harley and revving it up, right, Tom? It's not, it's not me. <laughs> um, well, this is uh, another roundtable, guys. Thanks for coming. We were going to have Senator Bo Biteman, but he, uh, I'll give him his break after session. Those guys probably need to recoup a little bit about uh, how everything went down in Cheyenne. Well, I, just, I heard they just... <laughs> Saying kumbaya, and then they just had a wonderful time, and they ate cake and held hands, and right. I mean, because it's almost all Republicans down there. What could go wrong? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what you would think, but I guess that's not how it ended. And uh, Bo called me, and we were talking a little bit, and just exactly his quote in the paper or whatever reported on it. He's just like, I don't know what happened. He's like, it just kind of just blew up there at the end, and then it was kind of over. And I was like, jeez, man. <laughs> craziness but uh he did say from a fiscal side that the spending was somewhat under control and you know there wasn't a lot of uh you know overspending and wasteful uses of the uh federal money that we got so that was reassuring but other than that he was kind of like nothing really got done so um which i don't know uh we're gonna I was kind of researching a little bit because one of the topics I sent everybody today was the infighting. Like Tom said, they're all mostly Republicans. So what the heck is all this fighting going on? And I was uh, writing down, you know, conservative, moderate, libertarian. I'm like, what are the different, like, let's dive into the differences a little bit of that today, um, which that will get kind of interesting. And then, um, you know, we'll cover uh, Wyoming did pass the stable coin, you know, legislation. So, that's fascinating, I think, a little bit about what that is because uh, most of our listeners have been listening to our blockchain and trying to catch up a little bit on cryptocurrency and blockchain. And then now let's just throw a whole monkey wrench in here on what a stable coin is and, <laughs> and off we're going. So um, let's, let's cover the infighting, Tom. Um, you're, you're, you're a political science uh do you have your master's in that, or um, I have a PhD. P- PhD. Okay, this is PhD great. PhD in so, American government and in local <laughs> politics. So, just break down like what what's going on with the infighting in the conservatives and the or let's hold on. Let me back that up. 
we should say in the Republican Party in Wyoming. There, there you go. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> Let me so clarify a lot of that. times <laughs> Wyoming's looked at as a one-party state. The, the Democrats are an afterthought, kind of like the Republicans are an afterthought in California. Um, but you still see infighting in California. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you step outside the United States, you see one-party states where the government, some authoritarian government, has outlawed all, all other political parties and that one party will fight within itself because people always divide themselves up. Now, what we have happening in, in Wyoming is it is a conservative state. That's why it's so heavily Republican. But not every Republican is the same. And mm-hmm. we have conservatives and moderates. So Wyoming essentially is a two-party state, moderate Republicans and conservative Republicans. And, and the real election appears to be the primaries this, this August. Mm-hmm. And, and that's all the infighting you see right now. You see... Candidates jockeying for position. You see ones trying to get up their conservative credentials because they know they're going to get primaried from the right. Um, You have other ones who represent more moderate districts in the state, uh, like maybe the city of Casper or or Jackson uh, or Cheyenne, and they're actually representing some of their constituents there. And then we have the uh, rural parts of the state, which are decidedly more conservative. And um, we see this type of thing all over the country, whether a state leans right or left, you see the urban centers versus the rural areas, and that's a lot of what we're seeing right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hundred um, percent. Well, what are they? What are the big differences right now in Wyoming? You know, we don't need to go dive into the national stuff, but what's what's the differences between the conservatives right now? The uh, main issues. Okay, one of the things that um, that you're well, seeing, I should well, say, well, your opinion. For one, since I am running for superintendent. Mm-hmm. In, in in August, that's when the real election is, because if I win the primary, I will beat the Democrat in November, um, are the education bills. Mm, okay. um, and we see a huge split between conservatives and moderates over things like critical race theory and transgender sports. Uh, those are two bills. And this is like turned on its head. We often hear the national level or the federal level Stuff easily passes the House of Representatives and then dies in the Senate. Well, this time around, we saw things passing the Senate and then dying in the House, not even getting brought up for a vote. Uh, that happened with a, a bill to limit critical race theory teaching in public schools. Senate passed it. House killed it. Um, one to uh, ban transgender girls from playing in girls' sports. Uh, Senate passed it. House killed it. Um, we uh, see other splits on things such as uh, quite often firearms. The conservatives will be pushing to loosen restrictions further, and the moderates are saying, how, how much looser do you need them to be? This is a waste of time. Um, but are there any other particular issues you'd like to go over with it? Because there were so many things. There's the spending. There's the educational issues. There are the firearms issues. Then we even have abortion. Um, there's a contingency in the Republican Party, the conservatives looking to pass. I think they got it through. I I haven't memorized everything they did in this last session because, believe it or not, quite a few things did get passed, even though quite a few few things failed. Mm -hmm. Um, I I think Wyoming passed, do you know for sure, a a trigger bill that if Roe versus Wade is overturned, abortion will be illegal in Wyoming? They did. Yes, because, yes, uh, a friend of the show, Senator Biteman, was a sponsor of it. It came from the House. Um, but yes, um, I'd have to look and see if the governor signed it, but, uh, I was doing some research on all the bills and, uh, I'm pretty sure it passed maybe both the house and Senate. I'm not hundred percent sure if it, if the governor signed it, but, um, 
You have to wonder what's going on, too, how a bill can sail through one chamber mm-hmm. and, and die a quick and painless death in the, in the other. other chamber. Yep. What's going on with the leadership? What's going on with the lobbying? You have to wonder about where's the leadership from the executive branch? Because typically when we have legislation moving, whether it's a state or a federal level, you've got an executive who's a true leader who can build consensus, who can get bills passed instead of having opposing bills passed in both chambers and then nothing gets passed eventually. Right. Um, you, you can go back to the days of um, anybody who knows the history of the U.S. knows the days of Reagan. He was able to work with the Democrats. Then you move up to Clinton. He was able to work with the Republicans. And then you get people like Barack Obama, who couldn't work with the Democrats very well, and George Bush, who couldn't work with the Republicans very well. Um, we're seeing that type of thing mirrored in the state house here in Wyoming. Um, it seems like Governor Gordon's been almost absent on these things. Uh, I, I don't know. Maybe the press is just not reporting exactly how he's been involved in it. Yep. Um, I know that super in, uh, the education bills, I know Superintendent Trader took very hard-line conservative stances on both um, the CRT bill and both the uh, ban on transgender girls in girls' sports. Um, I'm not sure how effective that was. What his stances were so far, real conservative, so he was for both of those bills then? Absolutely. Okay. He, uh, he, um, he called CRT an in, insidious theory that had to be stamped out, pretty exposed and stamped out. He talked about how we had to protect girls from boys who wanted to play in girls' sports. Um, and, and those are very decidedly conservative views on those bills. Yes. And on a personal level, I share those. On a political level... You are not going to be the professional lobbyists that are national lobbyists that come in from out of state to fight bills like that. Mm-hmm. They, they don't talk on the practical level. Let's take the transgender issue again. We yeah. can talk about, quite often we get into things like testosterone levels, which we don't test, test testosterone levels for men necessarily. You might test them for steroids and other performance-enhancing drugs, but... Women now are held to the standard where we even have biological women getting penalized for naturally having too much testosterone, which is bizarre. Yep. So then we have transgender girls who'd like to play in, in the girls' sports, and people say things like, well, it, you know, they're, they're, they haven't physically transitioned completely, but they've been taking hormonal therapy, and the hormonal levels are within that of a female. Well, what undercuts that argument whenever somebody says, well, let, let's look at the testosterone levels. Well, look at me. I, I'm six foot nine. Mm-hmm. I could lower my testosterone levels, and I still have the shoulder structure. I'm still this large. Um, and at age 52, I could probably start playing in the WNBA yep. just because of my size. Mm-hmm. Um, these are facts. I, I know Superintendent Schrader pulled out the facts of gender dysphoria and all those types of things. And it looks like, now I did read this in, in, in press like, you know, Wyofile and, and, and uh, the Sheridan Press, which lean towards the moderates, if anything, sometimes lean towards the Democratic Party, that there was like a practical, factual argument versus an emotional one. And in the political spectacle, the emotional one wins hands down all the time. You have to know how to fight that. So after he gives his factually based thing about how, you know, boys shouldn't be playing in girls' sports and how there are better ways to treat gender dysphoria than than to humor it... um, we had people coming from the other side 
talking about dehumanization of people who are transgender, denying their humanity, increasing the suicide levels. I lost a friend who did this. One of my friends was transgender and she killed herself because of people like you. And you have to be ready for that type of stuff yep. when you're down there. So if you want to pass conservative bills, you are not going to win over the moderates when you are going your cold facts versus the emotional arguments of the left. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and one thing you had mentioned the last time you hear that, that bill anyways in the trans, that transgender bill about banning uh, biological boys to be in the women's sport as it went all the way. The superintendent had that decision power of, or well, had the power of making the rules, which we kind of discussed like how that can be a scary right. thing. And then how that would also ban, you know, girls to compete in, in the boy sports, which, you know, we've had some female wrestlers go into the boy sports, which is perfectly, you know, that's, so we had kind of discussed that bill written out. Wasn't very good to begin with anyways. Um, regardless of trying to debate the... the oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you've got the main issue. I and mean, you've got real executive leadership. They can bring people together and say, okay, what are the warts on this bill? Let's remove them mm-hmm. versus let's kill it. Yeah. I, I, it, it died too quick of a death. I, I don't know where the leadership was on that yep. one. 100%. Uh, now, Same you with mentioned the- something about, like, you know, that would disallow girls from being in boy sports. Yep. Uh, well, first of all, there's really not an issue with transgender boys taking over boys' sports. In right. fact, I don't think there's been anything in the news anywhere about a transgender male taking over a male sport. Um, so that's not necessarily an issue. But we do have, there are girls who play boys' football. Mm-hmm. There are girls who get into boys' wrestling. They're athletic, they're strong, they want to do it, and they're allowed to do it. Um, that is a different issue. The whole reason girls' sports were made into a separate category was because the physiological fact of men having not just being larger and stronger in general, but having more cardiovascular capacity, larger hearts, bigger lungs, those types of things. A six-foot woman and a six-foot man will have different capabilities in, in how their endurance levels. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're speaking generally. You know, Tom's speaking oh, generally, generally, of course. Generally, yes. Oh, yeah, we yeah. could always pull out yeah. the exceptions. You could pull out the couch <laughs> sure. potatoes versus these women MMA fighters who would just hand them their own butts. Yeah, I, I know. Yep, yep. Um, but when you look at the national level, like there is no men's national football league. There is no national hockey, men's national hockey league. Anyone can play in the NBA or the NFL or the NHL who is good enough. It just so happens they're all male. Mm. They had to make a separate WNBA for women to be able to play. Now you do that, you find some guy who fails to make it into the NBA, still wants to play basketball. It has happened where they put on some lipstick and grow their hair long and say they're female, they don't transition physically, might play with the hormones a little bit, and then they go on and, and start playing in women's basketball. Um, so there, it would definitely be ways to tailor the bills so it wouldn't uh, disallow girls. Uh, you could specifically put that in there. This bill in no way disallows girls who identify as girls to play in boys' sports. Right. That could have been added into there. Yeah. I, I don't understand why this is such a difficult issue, mm-hmm. but you, you see the emotional arguments from the other side. If you don't support trans girls in girls' sports, you hate trans people. Yeah. You don't want, you deny their humanity. You don't want them to exist. You want them to kill yourself, themselves. And you find yourself on the defensive. No, 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 I don't. I'm not saying that. The, the, the way to lead with that is 
really, we've talked about this before. People should be free to identify any way they want, whatever pronouns they want, whatever names they want, whatever clothes they'd like to wear, however they'd like to refer to themselves. People should respect each other. If there's a transgender woman asks me to call her a her, I will. But it doesn't change the fact that we've got these physiological differences, and we saw that with Leah Thomas. Oh, man. Yep. And that's how this has become a national issue. And people are like, well, that, that, that's a woman. It's like, what a coincidence that this woman who couldn't make it in men's sports declare, declares herself to be a woman and then dominates the girls' sports. Yeah. And, and then beats an Olympian. Mm-hmm. Who, um, Multiple Olympians. Right. Yeah. Went, yes. uh, yeah. And, and I am a father of three girls. Mm-hmm. And one of them was in swimming. And in, back in Colorado, when she was only 12 years old, she came running up to us. She was all traumatized because a boy took off his clothes in the girls' locker room. And we went, you know, running to the school saying, oh, my God, this, this boy's stripped in there. And the school started to lecture us. No, you have to understand, that's a transgender girl. That's not a boy. I'm like, my 12-year-old girl shouldn't have to deal with this as a little girl on a swim team. Mm-hmm. So that's the type of thing the Wyoming bill is looking, was looking to avoid. When people say uh, on the other side, they say, well, that's not really an issue in Wyoming. Not yet. But, you know, we already have issues with... Um, uh, you already have transgender girls using the girls' locker rooms and the girls' bathrooms in high schools. Yep. And we saw what happened in Virginia or what can happen. What, what is a real threat with that? But the landmine people always step on when they say, listen, we have to protect girls from predatory males or for just the size of males in sports. You're instantly painted as a bigot. And we know how that works in America now. As soon as you're a bigot, as soon as you're a racist, you're transphobic, sexist, Nothing you say matters. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and then you kick in cancel culture. You can't have a job. You, you can't have a Twitter account, whatever. Right. Right. Yeah. Oh, and it's, um, yeah, that's, it's happening in our high schools. Uh, like Tom mentioned that, you know, we've got, um, you know, uh, transgender switch, you know, in the locker rooms and things like that. So that needs to be addressed and, uh, um, you know, it's not going away for, um, but, um, and then the critical race theory one, too, we talked about that. Um, I don't think we really need to hit on that again, but uh, that one also died quickly in the House because um, it passed the Senate and didn't go to the House. But um, kind of lost my train of thought there. Tyler, do you have anything to add on that one? I, uh, I think it just the Leah Thomas thing really mm. puts into perspective these type of situations just from, a, hey, you saw the parents come out for the women swimmers, None of them were bashing uh, Leah Thomas. Yep. They were just saying, hey, my daughter doesn't have a fair shot, right? Yep. She works hard. She puts in the time. We've told her to do this specific set of things to be successful, and then the you know senior in college gets a national championship. Mm-hmm. Everyone recognizes all the other schools, recognize them as the champions and stuff. But, like, what a situation that just – it's mind-boggling. Yeah. It's not an everyday situation, but you see the discrepancy on through a couple, uh, you know, she threw a couple of meets possibly to, uh, when you, you, you know, the sports betting and all, that's a, when you play with the integrity of a sport, mm-hmm. we see it with the gambling of uh, uh, the, the wide receiver this year. Oh, yeah. We uh, see these little micro infractions and then they drop the hammer on them, you know, it's like. Yep. 
it, it's it's a very complicated, but it's coming to Wyoming. It's it's something that you need to address for sure, but it's definitely not the most important thing Wyoming should be focused on when we're down talking about the legislature, you know? Yeah. And, and I see the other side of the issue, too, because somebody who decides to transition from one gender to another, not such an easy decision. I understand in society now, in, in, in culture, in pop culture, and social media, people are lauded for being heroes when they do this. Mm-hmm. Um, but nonetheless, it's not an easy lifestyle or identification to, to, to go with. Um, and, and we're talking about quite often, you're talking in public schools, so we're talking about children. You don't want to make life any harder for kids growing up as it is. So there has to be a balance struck where there's respect for people choosing to live the way they wish to lo- live, but at the same time, protecting girls' sports that, you know, we had Title IX in the federal, in, in, the, in the Civil Rights Act that says women have to be afforded the same opportunities as men in sports. Well, are they afforded the same opportunities when they have to compete against men? Mm-hmm. And, and it's not an argument to just go into denial and say, Leah Thomas is not a man. She's a woman. You're a bigot for saying otherwise. Uh, it's like, well, okay, that's, but that's not physical, biological reality. Yep. Socially, Correct. we can accept Leah Thomas is a woman. Mm-hmm. But in the sports world, it, it's not fair, and everybody knows it at their gut. Yeah. Yeah, I was reading a interesting quote in regards to when people get upset right when you tell them the truth right and that's what we're talking about the biological truth is leah thomas was a male for 21 years of his life and then transitioned we're ignoring the fact the truth that he was a man and and that's a you know sure he's she's going through the hormonal changes and all that stuff but there's there's 21 years of development you know that we've been talking about that's an advantage. You know, he was a man. And, uh, anyways, this quote talks about that. The more, um, true it is, or, you know, the more clear that statement is and the more angrier people get or more just, you know, the more outrage they get, the the fewer facts they have to defend their position, the more outrage is exactly what happens. Yeah. But let's not lose sight that we're talking about people. We're talking about kids and we have to address the reality that there are people who are outwardly hostile to the transgender movement. Mm, Yes. And how do you protect girls' sports without being openly hostile to children? Mm-hmm. And that, that's, the, that's the fine line to yeah. walk. Yep. Yeah, 100%. Um, and like you said, that's where we want that leadership at that executive level, which was unclear or, you know, just maybe was not. Uh, I, I, well, I wasn't there, and the news didn't seem to report it. Yeah. But yep. according to what I read in the news, which is not always accurate because I've been reported on in the news, <laughs> I, I think I got described one time as an uneducated snake handler. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it was, it was, it was an article. I'm not going to say the name of the author or the paper. I don't want to, but it was um, making fun of the three picks that the Wyoming Central Committee had oh, okay. for it to replace the superintendent. And I and was the was, number one pick. That was your description, huh? It, it, well, all three of us. Oh. You know, apparently anybody can be an expert in education. Look, none of these people have the credentials. And I'm like, I have a master's in education. I have a PhD. I run a university department. I was a public school teacher for 10 years. Like, what are you talking about? I'm not an expert <laughs> in this. But, but you know, just like, look at this. I'm, a, I'm, I'm, I'm an uneducated snake handler, according to this guy. So that's the kind of stuff we see in the media sometimes. Um, I'll so I don't know, maybe maybe what, what Superintendent Schrader and what Governor Gordon were doing were, were misrepresented or sure. underrepresented, but um, the result was 
you had a bill resoundingly pass in one chamber and fail spectacularly in the other when the same party controls yeah, both, both chambers yeah. and the governor's mansion. Yes. No, that's, and that's this, like we've said, the primaries are going to be interesting. Um, but uh, this actually leads us right into, um, hopefully you guys saw this, because uh, the Wyoming GOP, you know, t- speaking of the Wyoming party, is bringing in James O'Keefe from Project Veritas. And so we're kind of talking about journalism. Um, and, uh, you know, his his big thing is he's in a, he's an investigative journalist. Um, and uh, Project Veritas, of course, always has reports or, uh, you know, uh, I was going to say, quote unquote, evidence of whistleblowers or some things. Um, I, now, I will say I've been following him since he started and I loved some of his things like when he went to the schools and he he played the whole thing of like he's Irish. And so of O'Keefe, like hopefully you guys he's Irish. So but uh, he would go to the administration, and be like, hey, I'm offended that you guys have uh, Lucky Charms here in the cafeteria. And, like, you know, he'd be deadpan, like, I'm dead serious. And, like, they would be like, oh, okay, yeah, we're going to get rid of this cereal in the university. And he's like, I'm freaking joking. He's like, okay, like, I don't care about this cereal. But it was just proof of, like, the what that he was, was, you know, and this was, like, five, six years ago. So, like, he was ahead of his time of the cancel culture and all that stuff. But anyways, but um, what do you guys, like, I don't know. There's a fine line between, I think there's a fine line between investigative journalism, investigative journalism and, uh, well, whistleblowers are a whole different topic, but um, yeah, what Tom? What's your thoughts on the Wyoming Republican Party bringing them here for the summer convention? I love the idea. If you want to talk about blowing the lid off backroom deals, mm-hmm. off um, public narratives where companies are doing one thing in, in public, they're saying one thing, but in private, they're doing doing something else. This only gets dangerous if they start selectively editing footage, taking things out of context, and that's usually the defense against it. This was taken out of context, but O'Keefe's been very good in making sure the whole thing is available so people can see it all the way through, see it in its complete context, and you can see exactly what this is. He has been going undercover, blowing the lid on places like Planned Parenthood. Mm -hmm. Um, They were talking about, he's talking with Democrats about the Russian collusion story with Trump, and they all knew it was fake, and they they kept running with it in the media. Uh, What concerns me more is when the power of government is brought down on him, when when their lawsuits threaten, when they're they're threatening charges on him for basically bringing the truth to light. I, I love the idea of him coming here. I'm not sure if every Republican here would like somebody like him in the state <laughs> because the way they give their public speeches are, of course, I'm against CRT and blah, 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 whatever buzzwords are of today so I can win the primary. And then if you caught them in private, yeah, caught them on a hot mic when they didn't know they were listening to when they're talking about what dolts the these toothless Wyoming voters are with their stupid Wrangler jeans and all that kind of stuff. And I'm from Maryland anyway. And you know, I would love to hear some of that type of stuff. Um, I'm like wondering now if somebody will take a clip of your show and say, this, this is, you know, <laughs> put, like put it on an ad. This is Tom Kelly running for superintendent, calling people Hicks and saying he's from Maryland when he was from Illinois. Oh, and you were talking about uh, O'Keefe and the Lucky Charms. Uh, we, my, my kids and I play hell with that every year because you know, my last name's Kelly. And St. Patrick's Day. You know, we just, they walk around with straight faces. Oh my God, that's cultural appropriation. I'm so offended. How dare you wear green? <laughs> you've, taught to, him, you've taught them well. My kids try to keep a straight face, but they're like me. They can, no, no poker faces. 
I will say my mom taught me, well, I'm Korean, so, like, uh, Chinese New Year's, you know, we'd always, same thing, you know. Heart Mountain, you know, which was the Japanese, but, you know, yeah. no one knows that. So, but, uh, no, that's great. Well, that's been my take of O'Keefe is we have to be careful putting him on a pedestal, right? Because if, if he does, if Project Veritas does start editing those, now we're in trouble. Right, um, dishonest political mm-hmm, hits, mm-hmm. which, unfortunately, mainstream media often do. I know. Taking stuff out oh. of context. Which is what he's shown, which is hilarious, but... um how much money, you know, at some point someone's going to try to capitalize on that or catch him, mm-hmm. you know. They're going to say some stuff and do some stuff in one of those meetings or set up meetings that, eh. I wish they had a lead, like more of a leader, a definitive leader type, right? Like mm-hmm. what you were saying, someone that takes the takes the kind of reins and just leads them and say, hey, we have these big issues with budgets and tackles those because – we don't need any conspiracy theories. Right. You know, not that James O'Keefe makes some pretty valid points. Yeah. For sure. And the political world is just so dirty, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, the, it's amazing how often when there's somebody in, in a position of power running for office about to get something, how suddenly these accusations of their past come up. And I'm just waiting till somebody comes out and says, O'Keefe did this to me 10 years ago. And, you know, and they find him backpedaling or something like that. And maybe they'll find some recording of him talking about like a surprise birthday party or something like that. Yeah, right. This is what he had to say about when he did that. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. You know, and um, so I, I'm wondering where the political hits on him are so far. They it, haven't been successful. That's what I would say. What I've seen so far is the, the playbook is to ignore him and not give him credibility is what the mainstream press try to do. Um, that's kind of what, that's the step number one, the press is to ignore somebody they see as a threat and hope they go away. Then the hit pieces start when they realize the person's not going away. Yep. Which, you know, you mentioned the FBI raid. I think that's, I think we're in step two. I think now they're trying to see if they can scare them off. But, um, I, I just, there, I follow a couple representatives across the state and when O'Keefe was announced that he's coming, and I don't know this whole story, but they were claiming that, you know, this is spying, right? This, you know, this is undercover spying and this is wrong. And I'm sitting here like, but that to me, though, if you're getting defensive about somebody catching you in a back room, that means you're, you're being two-faced then, right? Because like, what would you, what would you be so worried about if some, if there's a spy in the room, you know what I mean? So anyways, I won't say who they were, but I was kind of like, well, that tells me, you know, because it's not like he's been, I don't know, like, it's not like O'Keefe has been, I don't know, I, it's not like he's a spy, you know, but it's, um, like like you said, Tom, it's, well, if you have something to hide, then you're worried. If you don't have something to hide, then who cares if they recorded you? Um, so anyways, but. How, no, how can you get people that he just meets to open up and talk like that? Oh, he gets people. Com- he, he if they weren't pe- comfortable, like, they say some pretty revealing stuff right and some of these things so it's like if i just meet you i don't think i'm going to be talking about the money that i took you know or talking smack about the residents of my voting populace or anything like that but he obviously has some sort of credibility with these guys or Or, said something because or it's his reporters his you know yes yeah you're right and they are like long cons they don't just walk in and start talking they infiltrate these organizations they join them they earn the trust of these people then they get them talking out of a couple of drinks and they turn on the recorder. Ah. 
So that's and this again, this is that fine line of you know, if they start clipping that information cuz like Tom said this is a long investigative process in in definition, but if they start clipping it then then it's like, well, now is this spying or you know, what is this? But like Tom said, he hasn't done it yet, but that's where when people we'll just say is the Democratic Party in Wyoming, they they're against O'Keefe obviously and they're saying that he sent spies in the state. I'm like, well, then that means they got something. Uh, like, yeah, so, okay. so you're, so you, you've got a, you, you said something then that prepare the honey pots. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> the actual electronic surveillance of the Trump campaign is not spying, but yeah, this guy going in and, and, and infiltrating <laughs> yeah. and talking to be record that, that is, that, you always get double standards I know. In, yeah. in politics. It's funny. I saw that though. And I was like, no, I, I think, then that means you have something to hide then if you're worried about him anyway. Who's so. the Democratic guest speaker? <laughs> well, I always think about when, like, um, like, dealing with my kids. Like, many years ago, I'd, like, go into my daughter's purse and find a pack of cigarettes. Explain this. Mm-hmm. The explanation is, how dare you go in my purse? It's like, that's not an explanation. Yeah. Now, how dare you record you, me is not an explanation. Yeah, you did not tell me. Yeah, no, that's a good point there from my father. <laughs> um. Well, Tom, anything else you wanted to hit on the on the on the political issues before we dive into this blockchain stuff? Um, um, no, no, not not at this time. Um, I, I'm currently looking for people for a campaign staff because running for a statewide office, I can't do this by myself. <laughs> what I, do I you mean? mean? <laughs> I, I don't have. To, I don't. Well, I, I could, but you know that I could lose horribly and waste all my time. Yeah. <laughs> so hit up Tom if you like uh, like where he stands on a lot of the education things. Hit up Tom and help him out. Well, I am going to plug then uh, yes. another podcast on your podcast if that's okay. I love it. Yes. Okay. Um, I'm often on the Ramble Room. The Ramble Room is on Podbean. It's on Spotify. And um, we talk about a lot of these issues in depth. So if people really would like to hear what I have to say about the political issues, um, it, it is a conservative-leaning podcast, and quite often I'm uh, th- sometimes I'm the dissenting voice on there. It, it's quite interesting. At least other people tell me. I don't find myself all that interesting. <laughs> well, and that's with that's with Ken Pentagraph. Um, oh, I'm forgetting the other two. Um, it's with Ken. Who else is on that one? Well, pretty much it's just Ken and I know. Oh, okay. Um, we, uh, sometimes we have a guest, David Iverson, on there. Oh, gotcha. He, do, he okay. does his own Cowboy State politics. Sometimes yep. we do joint podcasts. Yep, yep. Yeah, def, um, I've listened to a couple. You are definitely very, um, very interesting to listen to, especially on these issues. Um, and I would agree you are kind of the... <laughs> You're the level head in the room the with, with Ken. Yeah. <laughs> there, there you go. That's the word libertarian. Don't call yep. me the liberal. That, yep. that, that, the word liberal has been so bastardized. It means socialist now, basically, yes. which I am the, the antithesis of. <laughs> <laughs> I was having a, um, my mom was a, is a lawyer and we were, we always talk about the Supreme court stuff when that always pops up because we always have great conversations. And we had that conversation about, you know, conservative doesn't really almost mean what it used to mean. Libertarian doesn't even mean what it used to mean. And then now liberal, like you said, is like, you know, anyway, so it was, it was a fun conversation because it's just like, man, that's just the hearings that at point, the nomination hearings are always fascinating. You always watch the questions and you're like, 
I don't know what's going on. But anyways, I, 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 I don't, I, I don't watch most of those. Yeah, they're just you have one side comes up and just lauds how this is the greatest person ever nominated. Yep. And the other person, the other side comes up and talks about how this is the biggest embarrassment and the worst person who's ever yep. called him or herself an American. Every time, every time. Right. It's so predictable. It's it's just boring. Yeah. No. Hundred percent. Anyways, but uh, um. All right. We have Tyler sitting here. Do you have anything to add on those political things? You've been jumping in. Yeah, it's interesting. It's a lot. It's very interesting. I'd like to know something about stable coin here yes. because that ties into politics and economics, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it's more Tyler's wheelhouse too. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. one one of the things that the state legislature did is uh, Wyoming will back a stable coin. Tyler, we've covered a lot of blockchain. People love it, but now we're throwing a new term at them. What the hell is uh, stable coins? Stable coins. That's a uh, that's a that's a good one, and. Unfounded money is what we're experiencing right now. Mm-hmm. You know, our economy, you know, when our federal government can basically print $3.2 trillion for infrastructure, that's unsound money. It's not backed by anything, you know, whereas we used to be on the gold standard where yep. every dollar that was printed had a had a monetary dollar of gold somewhere that was backing it up. That's sound money, right? So stable coin is, as uh, Tom mentioned earlier, is... Uh, I like I like what you said. It's uh, the privatization of the gold standard. So with the stable coin, it's, it's just that there is uh, an allotted amount of money that is put out against the coin, and then it's physically backed up by something. So you know the you know uh, Wyoming with the stable coin. I don't know the intricacies of how that work, but say they took. 3% of the GDP and put it in gold or something and then had the stable coin that was backed by that. I don't know how they're going to do it specifically, but the underlying premise of a stable coin is it's physically backed okay. by something. Gotcha. And so we don't know the details yet of what that will be, but, and so the state will decide that. Correct. Um, okay. And other countries have done it. Um, you know, Wyoming, we've talked about being the leader in cryptocurrency. There was a couple of legislations, uh, uh, legis- uh, laws that were passed. Um, we've had 24 laws, I think, in the past five years yeah. um, that have passed for crypto-friendly. But uh, DeSantis came out and said, hey, if you want to pay your state taxes in Florida, you can pay in crypto. Texas is gravitating towards that same way. Um you know, inevitably what this wants to do and what where they're trying to go with this is for retail. You know, um, if you can get the retail investors and retail stores to implement cryptocurrency and you can have transactional resources like that at, at speed, that's mm-hmm. what they're ultimately working for. Gotcha. Because then a stable coin environment, the more people that are transacting that specific stable coin, you can monitor that obviously, but then it's, there's uh there's a degree of insurance and trust that customers yep. are using because they know it is backed. Validity. You're, yeah. You're exchanging that's pro- it. That's the primary con right now of cryptocurrencies. Well, how is Bitcoin worth 42000 It's not backed up by anything. Well, it's relying on a traditional value system, yeah. you know, just in the digital world. Mm-hmm. Well, exactly. Like how the U.S. dollar is valued. There's, It's a fiat currency, and it's basically how much is Bitcoin worth? What a what everybody seems to agree it's worth. Yep. Right. What is the U.S. dollar worth? Whatever everybody seems to agree it's worth. Mm-hmm. This is a question I had, though, because one of the issues we've had in the world f- forever is different currencies in different countries. 
And many countries have adopted the U.S. dollar. It's becoming worth less and less. It's becoming less and less attractive. You have exchange rates. You have countries that manipulate their own currency for their economic advantage. If we have a privatized gold standard where people can trade among countries independent of whatever their governments print out, what economic effects might that have? Great, great question, and we're already seeing that. Um, uh, there's two primary examples that uh, in 2015, when I, when I first became interested in cryptocurrency, Greece was dealing with the economic ramifications of joining the EU and inheriting the, the uh, yeah, the... Uh, not the pound, the euro. <laughs> yeah, the euro. Yeah, the euro. Yeah, the <laughs> EU uses the euro, and Greece was on their own currency. And with 2008 through 2012, their currency just devalued. They weren't producing anything. Markets were stagnant. Yep. The, their government said, if you're trying to move any fiat outside the country for investment purposes, moving it bank to a different bank, we're not allowing that to you to do it. So Greece said, okay, we're going to go to cryptocurrency. We're going to subvert all of the taxes. Like the federal government won't, or their government won't see my business practices. I'll get to keep more money. I won't have to pay taxes. I can deal with business in other countries. So it opened up their markets to the world, kind of underneath the Mm -hmm. government's hand of economic control, right? You see that in El Salvador. You see that in Brazil, Venezuela. In fact, Venezuela is a is a great example of they are oppressed bad economically. Sanctions, the whole nine yards. They are the lowest you can go economically. Venezuela is almost there, right? Mm-hmm. But their their crypto adoption is subverting the government, and they're able to export their goods and services out of their country kind of on their own terms. And that's why that value system is so important. Some guy in El Salvador, he wants something from a guy in Venezuela. They have an inherent value that is independent of either one of their currencies. So if the Venezuelan dollar just plummets, doesn't matter. Your value and your storage is somewhere else, right? Mm-hmm. It's off their, off their grid. So that, that's why the Russias and the Chinas, like, can you imagine if you can pass information or notes within transactions, if you could do that and have that information secure, well, you can't build a firewall that blocks people from giving transactions of Bitcoin to another Bitcoin address. So the, the freedoms and the, you can't control that. It's not centralized. That's the whole preface of yeah. why crypto is so important. There's not one governing uh, authoritative entity that's saying, hey, you know, yeah. You can't spend that. You can't do that. I can do whatever I want and send it to whoever I want. There's you know? another power, I think, that gets undermined with that. We see it right now with uh, the United States, Europe, economic sanctions on Russia. And we try to freeze assets of Russian oligarchs and, and even Vladimir Putin himself. Well, whether we try to freeze the assets of out-of-control Russians or terrorist groups in the Middle East... Is this a double-edged sword here? Is there a problem now that nation-states will lose their ability, one of their weapons against uh, rogue countries or international terrorist organizations? There's no doubt those organizations are definitely going to capitalize on 
cap with cryptocurrencies, and that's uh, that's one of the biggest cons. But if you click on a phishing site and your whole network gets taken over, and you pay that ransomware ransom, you're financing terrorism right there, right? If you're using HB, or you know, if you're using uh, um, Wells Fargo or some of these other banks that have been notably called out and fined for financing terrorism and financing money laundering, like you're running a credit card in some aspect, that's you could argue that that's funding terrorism too. The so bad guys are always gonna crack the system. North Korea is subverting sanctions by stealing other people's bitcoins and like, you know, they would go into and take over they would hack the Kraken and take all over all mm. the coins that they're holding or something ridiculous. They're oh they're super smart. Where this is going is crypto has its problems, especially with financing. And my question is is all those people that are donating the twenty million to Ukraine, who's Ukraine paying? With that Bitcoin for arms or personal aid or whatever, does the United States have a Bitcoin address? It's like, hey, if you need some cruise missiles, boom, hit us in our Bitcoin. Who's accepting that right now? You know, where's that twenty million go? How are they buying, and yeah. what are they buying? Well, they're they might be buying, you know, seven thousand bags of rice from some guy in Greece mm-hmm. that if now has an, a market set up that he can, you know. He can trade or think of all the expatriates in other countries like Ukrainian expatriates. If they could have businesses set up around the world in Bitcoin, they could just, they, Ukraine, you know what I'm saying is the Ukrainian government has all these donations. They can set up this network with their patriots, expatriates, and all these different successful, more affluent countries, and they can funnel resources back into Ukraine. Right. Happens in El Salvador. It happens in Honduras, Latin America especially, because to wire you, you know, you go, you go down to Chile, right? Mm-hmm. And you got your wallet stolen and all of that, and you need $1,200. If I Western Union that to you, I'm paying 1500 bucks because 300 of that's going to be a transactional fee just for sending it to you. Mm-hmm. That's ridiculous. You know, like... Seven percent of El Salvador's GDP, which was like two billion dollars, was just in transactions from people outside of their country sending resources back into the country to stabilize that that economy. Right. right? So it's the Wild West. So you were talking about it's the Wild West. You're, yeah, you're talking about the the bad actors like rogue nations and terrorist organizations saying they're going to do whatever they're going to do. So what what I hear you saying basically is. If we put a bunch of restrictions on free, law-abiding people, the outlaws don't care. I, I have to take exec- exception to that because, I mean, look at like a drug like meth, okay? It's illegal in all 50 states, so it's not a problem anywhere. Okay, I can't say that with a straight face. I say fentanyl either. Right. Like Chicago, with their gun control. Nobody shoots anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I know exactly what you're saying. The whole idea, some people say this is a problem because there's too much freedom. And the bad guys will take advantage of it. And you're saying the bad guys will always find yep. a way so we don't 100%. restrict the freedom of everybody else. Mm-hmm. It, economic freedom is something the majority of the world doesn't have. 
they don't have a way, to, you know, we can sit here and we use Venmo and, you know, stuff like that, but the inherent value system in a lot of these countries is is very minimal. And if you're a dictator, how do you control populace? I mean, information and currency and investing, right? Yep. Like, if you can control what everyone's dependent on in terms of resources or financially, you have them under your thumb. You can oppress them as much as you want. But, you know, China... Could you imagine everyone that to funnel all the riots and all the stuff that was happening? They're doing that with Bitcoin anonymously. Like China doesn't want that. They don't mm-hmm. want you to go on Facebook, let alone have a currency that you can open up the entire global market to purchase goods, services, or information for. That's right, it's not in the best interest of any authoritative figure, company, or country. Right, it's out of their control. Yeah. They they like the control. They have people with currency or the healthcare system or whatever who's allowed to have what, when. That's a great power. And when you take away their ability to restrict people's finances, Mm -hmm. that's a fantastic thing for the free people of the world. Mm -hmm. It's it's one of the biggest freedoms, I would be willing to argue. If you have the freedom to spend, that's one of the biggest freedoms, you know, to travel and do that stuff. Yep. A lot of people don't have that. So it's it's the Wild West. These stable coin ideas are great. We've talked about it for like nonprofits and the transparency with these blockchains. That's where, you know, it'd be great to look at the Wyoming budget in, block, in, in Bitcoin and just be like, okay, look at the blockchain, look at all the transactions and just be like, okay, we know where we spend our money. You know, I can see that Aaron paid his taxes this year, so no need to <laughs> audit him again. You know, like stuff like that. So transparency it's great there's going to be a lot of authoritative yeah. legislation that's going to limit this over the next few years but and it'll all be in the name of protecting us from ourselves yes yeah isn't that always the case yes it is when i just but uh i'd rather hear slash it you know because uh we don't need the irs then if we got a transparent system you can see if we all paid our taxes hey. slash the irs i'm just thinking of the well, Parks and Rec, Ron Swanson, slash it, <laughs> slash it. Um, but yeah, right, Tom, isn't that always, it's to protect you. I'm oh, here to protect uh, you. Every, everything, anytime freedom is taken away, it's for your own good. Yes. Did you yep. protect my savings account from losing 8% yep. last year? Mm-hmm. Like, have you, have you protected yep. us against inflation of housing, inflation of gas? Infl- I mean, by protecting us, it, you're just getting a lot of people angry yep. and they need that freedom. Yeah. There were a lot of restrictions in the country over COVID. And because of that, I only caught it twice. <laughs> <laughs> and so did everyone else that uh, has gotten vaccinated the, or not. Yeah, yeah. Jabbed three or four times, but, uh, well, um, this is good guys. This is great. Yeah. Tom, thanks for always coming back in. We will always have you on to help. Oh, thanks. I love being here. Help, help push your, help love push that. your superintendent run. Yeah. Um, and you just add such great clarity to, Stuff that a lot of people don't pay attention to, but your understanding yep. of it's great. Yep. And, and I appreciate I, that. I was a special education teacher at one time. Yes. <laughs> and my family is basically one traveling special education <laughs> class. I have six kids, and yeah, they're a lot of fun. Yeah. Some yeah. other time, though. I know you've got family <laughs> obligations to get to. No, but thank you, guys. And uh, uh, just quick note, Tyler uh, took over for an interview lately. We had yep. uh, Miss Wyoming on again, Mackenzie Kern. But we also had Miss Teen Wyoming, right? Yep, Taryn. Uh, Taryn. And uh, so make sure you catch that one. That's coming out um we also have an audio episode coming out with our friend robin belinsky who's running for congress so that's coming out soon um that's a good uh uh 
good one to listen to to uh, hear from a different candidate other than Hageman and Cheney. And then um, uh, I think we don't have anyone else lined up. I'm trying to make sure I'm not missing anybody. But, uh, yeah, thanks for listening, everyone, and uh, we'll catch you next time.